What are the biggest complaints that people have with their boss, with leaders? So we've done, we've now asked that question thousands of times. What, what, like what describe the worst leaders you've ever worked for or with? How do people react to that? What, what are the common themes that you hear? I'm going to share that with you in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks Podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. So I, I'm looking through the list from our most recent session. There are hundreds of leaders in a Fortune 10 company, one of the 10 biggest companies in the world. Well, in the U.S. anyway. And I'm, I'm, re- I'm reading this list where we ask people, okay, go to the chat and type in the attribute that um, best describes the worst boss you've ever had. And this could go back to your Burger King days when you're working at Burger King. It could go, it could go back to a teenage job you had. It could be the job you're currently in. But if you have to think about some of the least effective, most bothersome, like the, the boss that you, you, you know, you, you had that boss and you thought, I never, ever want to be like him, or I don't ever want anyone else to feel or experience what I'm feeling right now, and so I'm never going to be that leader. You know who I'm talking about, right? Every single one of us has had that experience. When we ask that question and lead in 30 people, like the amount of energy and emotion around it is off the charts, and uh, I'm going to share with you what the data shows, what we've, the themes that we've, um, we've come up, that we've discovered in asking that question over and over and over again in organization after organization and in industry after industry. What, what are the things that make people totally ineffective bosses or leaders? Let's make sure we're not doing these things, right? Welcome into the Culture Hacks podcast. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executive teams of some of the world's biggest companies. You can find out more about our firm, what we do, see some videos, read different things, uh, check out our team, all of that uh, at, at uh, LoneRockConsulting.com, LoneRockConsulting.com. Okay, so here's the list. Well, before I get to it, what would you put on the list? Like, think back, and, and some of you are 25, and some of you are 65. And so some of you have a ton of leaders from which to draw from. Like you've got this large sample size of leaders that you've either reported to or they've been peers of yours or colleagues in an organization. And others of you, you've, you've only had a couple of jobs in your life so far. But you're most likely, if you've worked for more than like three minutes um, at a job, you've got some experience with ineffective leaders. And it's crazy how many of them are out there. Why is that? Why are there so few effective leaders? And a lot of it has to do with leadership development, right? That's why we built Lead in 30, because we're like, man, this is missing. Yes, there are books and there's little things and you can get on LinkedIn learning and read, you know, you got 18 gazillion topics you can choose from, but most of the, most of the online learning is 
boring as crap and and it's just dry as could be and you go through it alone you're lonely going through it and it and it's it's way more engaging to have discussions with other people and you need some deadlines you need to know okay you got this that i mean the the public edu well the not the public education but the education system think about college think about um graduate school think about high school think about all those sorts of things and um there's a reason it's designed the way it is where you're you're in there learning with other people you've got tests and quiz and deadlines and a start date to the class and a, and a finish line to it and curriculum and and a syllabus and all that 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 is a very effective way to learn now there are lots of bad instructors again ineffective teachers um boring topics whatever it could be but that structure is really valuable it's why we built lead in 30 that way a start and an end date 30 days and you've got a live web class to go to once a week and you're held accountable. Like next week, we're going to follow up and ask what you, what you, what progress you made on this specific topic. Like we're, if you want to be committed to developing yourself as a leader, you got to dig in. So most of us, there's so many ineffective leaders because we haven't gone through something like that. We're, we're just piecing. We're trying to figure this out on our own. Like, okay, don't be like him. Do be like her. Don't be like her. Be like him. You know, we're piecing these things together. We're reading books. We're going to a class here or there. We're paying for a course. We're whatever. Wh- whatever it looks like, we, we've got some, some ideas in our head. And most of us haven't put them on paper. And we haven't created a list. And there's no curriculum. And there's no models. We're just trying to do a couple of things or a few different things well as a leader. And it ends up creating experiences for a lot of employees, a lot of people in the workforce, or in all aspects of life that um, that where they, they just think they have ineffective leaders. So because we're just trying to figure it out, we're doing the best we can. And we, we need more development that you got to be intentional about it. You, you, you know, you don't you don't you don't take a pilot and say or someone who wants to fly a plane and say, OK, just do the best you can. Try to figure it out, read a few books, watch some YouTube videos and like just try to try to get there. OK, and do a good job. And yet we'll, we'll put we'll put somebody in a cockpit. Um, and we'd never let them do that, but we'll take somebody else and give them a multi-million dollar budget and uh, 50 people or 500 people underneath them or 5,000 people underneath them. And yet we've really not developed them. We just hope they figured it out and they don't seem to be too much of a train wreck concern. Like that's insane, right? Where the pilot has to go through specific curriculum, specific training. They have to pass off some things. They have to, you know, you, you know what I mean? Like there's a requirement, like driving. We require more to get a driver's license than a lead a team with a $10 million budget and X amount of employees. Like that's like, and that leader can just ruin people. They can ruin our lives in so many ways. Like when you've worked for a bad boss, it affects you, doesn't it? Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all these areas, you're like, Oh my gosh. I, and I've told some stories about this. In fact, I was thinking, you know, I need to do a podcast or two, like just dedicated to specific leaders. Let me tell you about this person who absolutely sucked as a leader, not, not to bag on those people because they were actually the, the ineffective leaders I've worked for that have driven me insane and negatively affected my well being in so many ways were actually good people. Most of them pretty decent people. They just were in the wrong position. And in most times they were totally closed minded. 
to the fact that they it's almost like they were intimidated or ashamed or embarrassed that they didn't know how to lead. And you got to have confidence to be a leader. So I'm just going to pretend that I'm actually really good at this. And yet you're leading the organization nowhere. And, and you're, oh gosh, and you're creating all these culture problems and all of these issues. Some of us, e- either we've got to invest in our ability to lead, get better at it, or we need to like stop having people report to us. We need to quit, like go back to the individual contributor thing or somehow develop yourself as a leader. Invest in your development. Okay, so let me read this list to you. I'm a, this is from one of our most recent sessions. We've got a ton of different version sessions of Lead in 30 going on with different companies right now. And 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 it's it's really awesome to see that grow. And so we ask them in one of our, I think it's, yeah, it's in our first live web class. We ask this, we ask uh, people about the, the least effective leader they've worked for. And then we ask them to describe it. So they open up chat, you know, they click on the chat button and Zoom and they type this in. And you get just, depending on the size of the group, you either get, you know, you get dozens of answers or you get hundreds of answers. They're just flowing through the chat. So let me read this to you in no particular order. And then I'm going to um, tell you the themes that we hear most consistently. So this is just from a random meeting we had with a specific organization where we asked that question. Here's what people typed into the chat. I'm just going to read it through. Um, I'm going to, not all of them, but a bunch of them, just so you get an idea. Worst leader. What were their attributes? Type it in the chat. No accountability or support, indecision, lack of compassion and empathy, controlling, absent, no active listening, lacking. And I'm just, these are different people's responses. So I'm just going down the list here. Okay. Lacking empathy, no communication, lack of support, didn't lead by example, lack of presence, lack of support, lack of empathy. That's really interesting. So many of those in the first few micromanager, unethical. Not providing enough direction, lack of communication, extreme micromanagement, pessimistic, lack of trust, poor communication, micromanager, unethical, negativity, micromanager, lack of communication, last minute changes, lack of collaboration, controlling, micromanagement, lack of communication, not present, disorganized, micromanager, dismissive, they don't know what me or my team does, what we do, micromanaging, unapproachable, unclear, lack of support, dismissive, micromanaging, unethical, disregard uh, for employee opinions, isolated from other members of the team, not present, absent, uninterested, not listening. And I could just go on and on and on. And as you, as you listen to those items, do you hear what was on your list? Like what you would describe um, about the worst leader or the most, the most ineffective leaders you've been around in your career? Isn't that interesting? And, and, and so here are the themes. So if you boil it down to, to, into three or four different themes that we just see over and over and over again, micromanager all the time comes up in every organization, every group we're ever in front of that we do that we ask this question to. And they're not talking about their current leader necessarily. Some of them are, but most of them are looking at, okay, some point in my career, who was, what made them ineffective or what made them such a miserable person to work for? Micromanager. That's interesting. What causes someone? What causes someone to be a micromanager? Because nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, I'm going to try to be totally controlling and a micromanager and drive my people insane, right? Like that, that's not the normal leader. And yet 
and, and no one, I, I don't, I think if you were in a room of 10,000 leaders and said, okay, raise your hand, raise your hand, maybe stand up if you're a micromanager. I think you'd get like no one, maybe a few, but the vast majority of micromanagers don't realize they're doing it or, and, or they justify it because what caused them to micromanage? I micromanage when I'm trying, I actually view it as a strength that I'm making decisions so quick. Like that's a strength of mine. I make decisions super quick. I, I move forward at great speed. I've had these positions. I've got competency and skill in all these areas. I know what I'm doing and I'm moving this organization and I'm not going to waste time. And the team experiences all of that, that you view as a strength as micromanaging. You're, you're moving at such a speed and in a way you're leading in a way to where I don't feel like my opinion matters. You're telling us what to do. I, man, there's so many stories come to my mind just within the last like two weeks because we're traveling more, right? Like a lot of organizations are having offsites and strategic planning sessions for next year and getting teams together, getting hundreds of different leaders in the room. It's, it's actually awesome. I really enjoy it. Uh, I've been in several meetings with hundreds of leaders in the last last few weeks, and it, there's just such an energy that was missing during the pandemic. I don't know if your organization's doing that yet. Some of you have been meeting in person all along, so you haven't, you've never missed that, but most large organizations haven't. And so in meeting after meeting after meeting that I'm at right now, it's like the first time or maybe one of two or three times they've been together in the last two or three years. And so I'm thinking of examples even in those meetings where we've observed leaders rolling out things, announcing things, showing, going through their PowerPoint decks or doing whatever. And there's just so little discussion. It's most 95% of meetings you go to, if not more. In organizations, it's one-way dialogue. And that feels like, in so many cases, micromanaging. You're not, I don't get the sense that you're hearing me. You're not asking for my participation. And then a lot of leaders don't know how to do that. They don't know what it looks like. They're uncomfortable with it. They haven't seen it modeled by others. They don't go to meetings where there's, hey, here's the new policy. So I want to get some feedback on this. And by the way, if you're, at, if you're trying to facilitate conversation with a team and you're asking, does anybody have anything to say about this? Are there any opinions on this? Anything that you want to add? Any questions on this? When you ask it that way, no one responds. Like only the extreme extroverts and people that like to hear themselves talk are going to weigh in, right? Everyone else is just going to kind of sit there and go, I don't actually know if you're interested. Like, are we actually going to have a discussion about this? Because I don't know. You're not giving me enough information, enough clues or cues as a leader to know, wait, are we going to like, we're we going to dive into this? Or are you super anxious to get to the next slide in your deck or the next topic on the agenda? And so you're asking if anyone has anything to say about it, but you really haven't left any room for discussion in here where when you're, when you're not a micromanager and you're someone who creates alignment, you build alignment. We do a whole week on this in lead in 30, but when you're someone who's trying to make the team feel heard and that they're listened to and the, and, and they have ownership of ideas then you specifically a lot time you lead in a way to where people feel like, no, he, he or she does. They do want to hear like th- that. They're not asking that as a rhetorical question. And so it's more effective, right? If you ask what questions do you all have about this? Or, you know, I'd like to spend a few minutes on this, listening to your thoughts on this particular thing that causes someone to feel like you're not a micromanager. There's lots more to it, but generally speaking, the micromanager would never ask those questions or a lot time in a discussion for other people's perspectives. Let's go to another one. Absent. Isn't that interesting? Absent or no communication. You, you, you heard that multiple times 
in the list I was reading from Raw here, right? And we see that in, we, we see that all we see that repeatedly as a consistent theme as, as to how people describe ineffective or terrible bosses. So think about that lack of communication, lack of presence. That's super easy to do to fall into that trap, lack of visibility. And, and so, especially in this hybrid environment or this work from home or dispersed workforces, as organizations get bigger and spread out and we, we find different ways to work, how do you, how do you make sure you're communicating in a way to people where people wouldn't say that about you, lack of communication, or wouldn't describe you as being absent? or not present. What does that look like? And in this hybrid environment, this new way of working, you got to make more effort to be visible. Like there's you, it's got to be intentional. Otherwise people are going to go two or three days or whatever. And they're going to be like, yeah, I didn't not hearing from you. So visibility, we teach this, that there are really three things that you want to do in order for that not to be a concern of your team. One is visibility. The other is accessibility. And visibility and accessibility are different. Visibility, I'm controlling. You're getting an email from me. I'm texting you. I'm calling you on the phone. I'm scheduling a meeting. I'm making this effort to reach out to you. That's visibility. I'm walking the factory floor. I'm out and I'm present. Visibility. That's different than accessibility, where there's a belief that, hey, if I call you, you're probably going to answer versus, yeah, you don't even bother. They never answer. Or I text you and I get a response back relatively quickly. Or I email and I ask something or I bring it up in a meeting, you're accessible. And that, that doesn't have to just do with proximity. It also has to do with openness, right? You're accessible in that I can, I can come off of mute in a meeting. I can turn my camera on, ask a question, and you're totally accessible. So visibility, accessibility, and the third word is transparency. So leaders who are viewed as good communicators or being present do those three things really well. Visible. So let's go through the three words. Visibility, accessibility, and transparent or transparency, meaning I'm telling you what I know. I'm sharing the information. I'm, I'm disclosing it. I'm, I'm being vulnerable. You feel like, wow, I'm getting the real story from him or her, right? So the, the way you solve for the lack of communication, lack of presence is in those three areas. We've just, we wrote about that. I, I think we wrote about that in the book, Remotability, which by the way, if you're leading a hybrid team or mostly remote and you haven't read our book, Remotability, you ought to go pick it up. It's just a, it's a thin hundred page, 150 page. I don't even remember how many pages, but it's a quick read paperback book. You can get on Amazon, Remotability. Um, we wrote that when the pandemic hit and it's based off of what were we hearing and seeing over and over and over again. There was a team of us that wrote it based on what we were seeing as the way we work changed. I don't mention that book very much, um, but it's there's there's some really good nuggets and there's a whole chapter in there, several pages on visibility, accessibility and transparency. If that resonates with you and you want to dig into it even more super cheap. You can get the book for, I think it, I'd be surprised if it costs more than $10. I actually don't know what it costs, but you can find it on Amazon. Okay. Then let's, let's go to the last one that I, I, I want to hit on because so the theme so far, micromanaging, controlling, right? Um, which you could also put lack of trust in there, not, not being allowed to make decisions, that sort of thing. The second category would be lack of presence, um, or communication, poor communication. The third category we hear over and over again, and it's these three that come up over and over again. The third category would be lack of vision. 
no direction, lack of priorities. And that, that's what we spend the first week of Lead in 30 on is that providing clarity. Like, does the team know where you're leading us to? You've heard me talk about this topic over and over and over again in, in, in this podcast and episodes repeatedly throughout the years because it's so critical. The first thing I want to do when I take over a new team is provide clarity. I can't do that until I've checked in with all the team. I've listened to them. I've asked them lots of questions. I've gotten the perspective of others. I've visited the different sites. I've met with different people. And now after a few weeks, or depending on how big the team is, if it's tens of thousands of people, that's going to take you a few months. And so it's either a few days, a few weeks, or a few months after I've checked in and I've gotten a good sense of what's out there and I've, I've gotten lots of data and lots of perspective others. Now I've got to provide the destination direction on where we're going. And that's not 22 PowerPoint slides. That's not some um, abstract description of we're going to build the whatever, like a flowery paragraph that describes your vision that no one understands. And it's so generic. It could apply to any company or industry. That's not vision. That's not defining the destination or giving people purpose or clarity. Clarity is these are the three things that matter most. We're going to hit this customer satisfaction number. We're going to get this number of new orders or revenue or growth or whatever it is. And we're going to retain this many employees, 90% employee retention of our top talent or whatever it looks like, or there's a safety metric or there's something in there. That's what destination looks like. It's these three things matter most. They define success. This is where we're headed. And it's what we call it RPM in, in lead in 30. It's repeatable. It's purposeful and it's measurable. It's repeatable in that um, it, it, people can remember it five, one eighty five or th- three zeros or something like that. It's three categories that are easily described by a catchphrase five, one eighty five. Five is one category. One is another. Eighty five is another. So or it's three zeros. We're going to accomplish these these things and and we're going to get these three things to zero percent so it's it's repeatable easy for people to remember and it's purposeful it speaks to the purpose or mission of the organization it's why i'm in this industry it's why i want to work here because we're doing that we're achieving that it i get excited about what these three things are they're purposeful and it's measurable there's a metric on it we want five percent right now we're at two percent we want 80% right now we're at 60%. We want $100 million right now we're at $50 million, whatever it is. So it's RPM, repeatable, purposeful, measurable. That's clarity. So the third category is lack of vision, lack of purpose, lack of you know priorities, lack of focus. And so as a leader, we've, we, and we have to own that. Like we need to, we need to come up with what the destination is and then be talking about it all the time. That's not in one annual meeting. It's in every meeting. We're constantly mentioning five, one three zeros, whatever it is. It's front and center people. They, when they think of us, our name, they think of those three things. That's what, and it's, and it's, you know, 12 months out, 18 months out, 36 months out is what those three things are. Our destination. That's where we're moving the organization to. We're communicating it constantly. And because we're providing such a, uh, such a great degree of clarity, it's helping people make decisions. It's surfacing conversations that need to have about, are we doing this or are we doing that? Should we be focusing on this? Should we be launching that new product? Should we shut down this division? Should we pers- pursue that or not? The, our, our clarity is helping people 
do all that. It leads to all that conversation. So three areas, micromanager, controlling. We've talked about how to solve for that and why people do it. Second area, lack of communication, lack of presence. We've talked about how to solve for that, right? And then the third area is lack of vision, destination, clarity, all that. And we've saw, we talked a little bit about how to solve for that. This really is not to, well, I'm not even going to go there because you guys are going to think I mentioned it too much. Just, these are areas that we all want to avoid and that we want to put effort into. So no one would ever describe us as one of their worst or ineffective leaders. I hope that's helpful to you. That's what's on my mind in this episode. And I, um, I hope you're doing well. Hope you're healthy. Hope you're happy. Hope things are going well for you. And I'll talk to you in the next episode of the Culture Hacks podcast. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.